Hi, this is Chloe Ronay, and this is a Conversations with Creatives visual podcast for Opus. Since the start of the year, we've been exploring the creative cycle. After reimagining and experimentation and practice, 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 the last step in the process is final presentation. This month, we have renowned artist, consultant, curator and educator Penny Lane Shen helping us harvest the fruit of our artistic endeavours. Since 2006, Penny Lane has offered personalised consultations, group workshops and business development through her company Dazed and Confucius. In this first episode, we'll hear from her and three of the artists she works with, Jean-Paul Langlois, Jeanne Yott and Nicolas Tay, who'll provide some insight and tips on finishing work, getting it out into the world, marketing and social media. My name is Penny Lane Shen, and I am an artist consultant. I run a business called Dazed and Confucius. The practice of making the process of creating is hugely important. And then, um, but there is this whole other section that comes after one completes their work. Um, and often that's, that part's really frustrating because we put all our energy and um, our time, our blood, sweat, and tears into the making part, which is right, is something that we should do. But I feel if we can sort of mentally take into account that this is one part and that we have to set aside another section of energy of time for the marketing and the promotion and the exhibition and presentation part, we can avoid exhaustion or burnout because we can anticipate that there's going to be another three months after this where we're just actually um, doing everything around the work and not the work itself. I'm Jean-Paul Langlois, a Métis artist from Vancouver, originally from Vancouver Island. I'm a painter. I'm influenced by cartoons heavily. I mean, I've been painting my whole life and I've been showing since I was in my early 20s. And I always got some attention and I've always gotten shows and, and people liked my work and respected it, I think, but I couldn't sell anything. And uh, you sort of get disheartened by that, right? You go, you have a show and, you know, maybe one red sticker, one pity sale or something like that. It doesn't feel very good because, you know, I guess the goal is to get your work out there and to get it out of your own hands. And I finally just sort of got, you start thinking like, what, what can I make that will sell? And so for, I think, probably a decade, I was trying to make paintings that, would, that people would want. And, uh, and they still weren't selling. So I finally just gave up and was like, what would I paint? What, what should I paint that I'm going to be stuck with? It's going to be on my wall forever. What, what should I paint for me? And so then I started painting for myself essentially. And I think doing that, uh, the shows I had after that, I started selling a bit more and a bit more, but I think there's a sort of a, there's a purity and a genuineness when you're, when you paint for yourself that you don't get when you're trying to just figure out what would sell. So that was a big turning point. Um, Moving to Vancouver, uh, getting off the island was a, was another huge one for sure. I mean, it's great to be in solitude and be in nature and, all, and have that time to paint, but coming here and being part of the art world and just networking and, and going to art shows and, you know, even if it's a hard, hard nut to crack to get into the sort of the art scene, you just have to be out there and going to openings and being part of the scene. I do a lot of writing around my work, so I try to explain it, um, and it's, you know, I, I used to think this kind of stuff was pretentious, but I realized it is important to, uh, to really explore why you're doing something and, and, and what you're trying to say. And, and writing a little bit about stuff helps you understand it better and that helps your audience understand it a lot better too. Instagram, I think, has been instrumental in, uh, in opening up a lot of just new markets for me and 
and through Instagram, I've had, uh, I think that's how the Vancouver Art Gallery's rental, sales and rentals program found me and a couple other galleries that represent me have found me. The internet, as evil as it is, and as many bad things come out of it, is certainly really, really beneficial for artists, I'd say. There's maybe like 3,000 people that follow me on Instagram, and, uh, and certainly a lot of them are actually from Vancouver, and I think I know actually a lot of them, but I just worry about knowing myself, really, and just trying to represent what I'm, what I'm doing and what I feel, and if they get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. It's about process over product, so don't be thinking about you know making something grand and having people looking at it. Make sure you're doing it for you. Make sure you're you're just enjoying the process. You know, I mean, there's nothing more zen than art. There's nothing more than nothing better than the, the moment of just creating and losing yourself in that stuff. So focus on that. I mean. People who want to make money being an artist, it's, it might come to you, but it's pretty rare. So you need to do it because you, you love the craft and you, and you love the pursuit. And uh, and even if it means having to get a job doing something that has nothing to do with art, then, then do that so you can enjoy your art and keep it pure. My name is Jeanne Ayotte. I am a collage artist. I work mostly with medical imagery and snakes and mushrooms to address the duality in the, in the human body within what is attractive and repulsive and ever-changing and evolving through life and death uh, dualities. I found a huge relief when I understood that art is a numbers game. And what I mean by that is that you get a good one by making a hundred bad ones. With that urgency, it didn't leave me any time to wonder is it good or is it bad. I just had to make them and put them aside. And I think that process, it just, you just have a lot of practice, then you get a much clearer sense of what is good and what is not and what you actually like. If I didn't have that clarity, I think it would just be so easy to think that nothing is ever good enough. And so I produce uh, quite a huge amount and then I put them aside and I get to um, separate them in piles of, okay, these are the bad ones, these are the good ones. And then through the pile of good ones, I, I keep looking at them and going through them every, maybe every month or so. And I know that it's kind of time to put them out when there's no sense of newness while looking at it. I guess the success comes from making a lot of mistakes in my case, just being so impatient to get things done that I would do anything to learn. When I start a project, I tend to think, so much, so much bigger than I need to. And it's just not attainable, so I need to, to tone it down. And to the point that I need to not even think about the framing at first and really just focus on the collage. And then once I know that part of the work so well, I can think of what will enhance it and which paper will fit best and which is going to be the best way to frame it. When I create, it feels very much that like it comes from my body. I know that a lot of people who come to my work, they are going through a big change in their life. And they tell me that they relate to a piece because it allows them to connect with their body a bit better, to know what's going on inside and what can, transformation can be like. It's very much easy to talk about the glue that I use, but if they connect to my work, there's usually something a lot deeper than just how I'm doing it. You know, it's more about where it comes from. Honestly, anyone that I feel is an interesting person to talk to, 
I hand out my card. Of course, I used to feel very shy. And is it like too uh, strong coming to do that or too intense? Then I put myself on the other side and I feel actually flattered when people feel like they want to share what they do with you. I don't see it as marketing, but really just as sharing in the, what I would call the real world, which is just means like not virtual because it's not 10 Instagram posts that will get you a sale. But when it's 10 actual human connection, you'll actually get something. My marketing techniques are also very much a work in progress. Instead of assuming that I need to know it and I need to know how to market myself, or I need to know how to frame it. Also asking my customers, knowing when to have your own personal vision and when it's okay to open up the doors and get more information and it's like different steps. Sometimes it's the work and sometimes it's the presentation that grows and then sometimes it's the marketing and all of it needs to grow kind of equally, kind of at the same time. So it's just juggling. I guess the only thing you need to know is how to juggle things. <laughs> my name is Nicholas Tay. My work is sort of a visual representation of my personal experience with being a Chinese immigrant to the West. Growing up in an Asian family, my, my parents were always really encouraging and tolerant of my artistic pursuits. Um, but there's, there's still the sense of responsibility and this is the sense of practicality that, uh, um, you know, you, you want to be stable, you want to be comfortable. So there's a point where, like, um, I paid off my mortgage. <laughs> and that's, like, the turning point. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not pressured and I'm not on the hook for this. I don't need to make work that just sells. Without that pressure, I'm not, I, I, I didn't feel I have to make the work for like a customer or a market or a place to show it. I could just um, sort of say the things that I felt were really true and that were really important. I think people sense that. I think they, they sense when um, you're being honest with them and, and that, that's when people started con really connecting with the work. Ironically, that's when the work actually starts selling better, is when you stop thinking about how to sell it, and it, you just let it be what it is and sort of live its own life. I, I do think about framing. Um, it, it does come sort of at the midpoint or closer to the end of how is it finally captured? What is this container for it? <laughs> and um, and then how do how do all the containers look together? And then, and sometimes it's, you know, it shouldn't be contained. <laughs> there should be no framing. It should be just, you know, tacked up on the wall and that's the experience to it. I'm, I'm not an amazing <laughs> self-marketer. Like, I'm, I'm actually super introverted. So I may not be the best person to talk to at shows, but I try to. <laughs> and um, I really appreciate the people that, you know, when we could do this, would come up and talk to me and um, had questions and just have a really good dialogue I, I i do love like the the comments and the dialogue you get in comments from instagram i'm so appreciative of when someone takes the time to make a comment and some of the comments are just so insightful and so well thought out my, my wife tells me this a lot I, I don't quite remember where she got it from it's connection not perfection um that when you feel really connected to your work when you feel your work really connects to other people it doesn't need to be perfect like, no one's going to care if your three-point perspective is awesome, if your, um, you know, latissimus dorsite is not quite in the right place. Um, but if the connection is there and the conviction is there, that is when you're sort of ready to take it to people. Silencing of the inner critic is 
really important. You need to be aware of where your work is. You need to be aware where you are. And at the same time, just like silence that inner critic or better still replace that inner critic with an inner cheerleader. (laughs) Like that's what I like. Just like, um, you know, like have that inner voice that, you know, is honest, but when something is good, just it's like, that's awesome. You did it. Now go get it out there. And having that replace the inner critic, um, I think is really good. My inner critic hasn't been useful for anything except for maybe losing weight, and that's it. (laughs) In our next episode, we'll hear more from Penny Lane alongside artists Blythe Scott and Steve Schimler as we continue to explore the theme of final presentation.